How dare you? How dare you? He put the cheese on the cracker. Keys to success, pray before the end. <laughs> Hampton OB. I know what I'm talking about, and the gentleman to my right, he knows what he's talking about. Sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. The Bears are what we thought they were. The Hampton OB Show starts now. It certainly does. Sam and OB is sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Andy Mays are flying solo right now. The Bears game is not yet over. The Bears are leading 37-17, just over, actually just under three minutes to go in the fourth quarter out at Soldier Field. A pretty nice little effort here by the Bears. You really wouldn't have known that the Atlanta Falcons needed this game to, to make a playoff bid. Uh, I'm really not sure exactly uh, how Arthur Smith feels that Tyler Henneke is better than Desmond Ritter. Tyler Henneke, I'm not sure where the heck he was throwing half the balls he threw today. Uh, Three of them ended up in the hands of the uh, Chicago Bears defenders for three picks. He did throw a touchdown and ran for a touchdown as well, but Desmond Ritter is now into the game uh, uh, late in this game. 37-17, the Bears have the lead in this one. We'll talk all about it. We'll take your phone calls as well, 312-981-7200. Uh, has today changed your mind at all about uh, Justin Fields? I mean, the fans, there's another pick, as a matter of fact. Uh, the uh, fans were chanting, we want Fields at Soldier Field today. Uh, kind of a far cry from uh, from earlier in the year when, uh, you know, the, the jury was out. And, you know, really the jury is still kind of out uh, as far as uh, everything that goes for, for next season. But uh, we'll let this one play out and we'll, uh, we'll get our uh, thoughts about this one coming up here. Just a moment. Let's take this opportunity to get you uh, caught up on what's going on around the rest of the National Football League. Baltimore Ravens are inserting their will, asserting their will, that is, over the Miami Dolphins. Two-minute warning in the fourth quarter in Baltimore. Ravens up 56-19. to And they don't seem uh, like they're going to take their foot off the gas at all either. Uh, just underway, Steelers and the Seahawks. There is no score in that game. Other finals, Bills over the Patriots. They had to sweat this one out in uh, Orchard Park. 27-21 was the final. Colts squeaked by the Raiders 23-20. to It was the Rams, again, edging the Giants 26-25. to And one of the more unlikely finishes of the day, again, that we had on our radio station here at WGN just a few moments ago, the Arizona Cardinals, who looked like the dregs of society last week here in Chicago, find a way to win at Philadelphia today. 35-31 to was the final score. So the Cardinals beat the Eagles 35-31. Saints over the Buccaneers 23-13. So the Saints actually doing the Falcons some favors because the Saints, I mean, the the Falcons actually hold the tiebreakers over both of those teams. 23-13 Saints over Buccaneers. 49ers dispatched of the Commanders 27-10. And the Jaguars helping the Bears out as well with a 26-0 win over the Panthers. Pretty much ensuring now that uh, the Carolina Panthers will have that first pick in the, uh, the NFL draft coming up in April. And that will belong to the Chicago Bears, of course, and the Texans beat the Titans 26-3. to Other games that are going to get going here just in a few moments, it'll be the Chargers and the Broncos. It'll be the first game the Broncos will not have Russell Wilson under center. And the whole debacle that that turned into with the guaranteed money and the benching of Russell Wilson for the next uh, two days because of, well, I guess because he can make $37 bucks. that's why. Guaranteed, if he gets if he gets hurt and he can't pass the physical in March, that's the money that uh, he would be owed. He's guaranteed thirty nine, no matter if he's on the roster or not next year. So they're going to sit him and uh, play the youngster. So the Bengals will be at the Chiefs a little bit later on. The Patrick Mahomes situation is this: they're going to probably make the playoffs, but this will be the first year 
that Patrick Mahomes will have to play a playoff game on the road. He has never played a playoff game away from Arrowhead Stadium. Just a fact. He's going to have to go on the road and, and show what he's got. That's just uh, the way it's going to be. If he, if he wants to get the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl, despite Matt Nagy and his great influence on the Kansas City offense right now, Andy Reid comes out and says, yeah, we're going to have to dumb this thing down a little bit. <laughs> is it because of the coordinator or is it because of the, they're not getting the offense going? Uh, also tonight, of interest in the uh, in the North, it'll be the Packers taking on the Vikings. Of course, the Bears will be in Green Bay next week. Time still to be determined by the National Football League. Uh, none of the times for next week, to my knowledge at this point, and we'll have our guys check on it too as we uh, continue on our, our show here today. Uh, none of the times for next week have been, uh, have been assigned. So uh, there, there's still a possibility, albeit a very small possibility, that the Bears could end up being in a, in a primetime game up there in Green Bay. But uh, more than likely, it'll be a noon kickoff. But we'll, uh, we'll let you know as soon as we find out uh, the official information from the National Football League on that. All right, so that gets you updated on what's going on around the, uh, the NFL. The Bears have a 37-17 lead. This game uh, in the fourth quarter, and now with a minute 52 left to play. Looks like the Bears are going to win their fifth straight at home. As improbable as that sounded early in the year after the 0-4 start, you go back to Week 7 against the Raiders, and that's when this started. Think about what could have been. And I hate to do that because, yeah, you know, we're, we're baseball fans around here too, and we know what could have been a lot of times on both sides of town. But think about what could have been. If this team was ready to go at the very beginning of this season, in September, first game of the year against the Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love's first uh, first foray as the the official starter for the Green Bay Packers, Justin Fields coming in, and all the all the hype was around the Bears after the trade with DJ Moore, and they just laid an egg. And they laid four straight eggs, to be honest with you. And then they got it going, but then that game against Denver, one of the, one of the double-digit fourth-quarter leads that goes by the boards, they had three of them this year. Now, look, I'm not saying they're going to win all of them. You're bound to get some bad breaks in a few of these games here and there. But at the same time, think about they won two of them or one of them. It's a different story. The The season is a different story at this point. But again, uh, you, you can't go back and wish and all that kind of stuff because what's done is done. And now the focus is on finishing out this game strong, which it looks like they're going to do. 37-17 is the lead. The Bears have the ball. And... Uh, all they need, I think, here is a first down to really kind of salt this one away as the clock continues to wind. But uh, 37-17, the score. But you think about what could have been here, and <laughs> it's hard not to think about how well they're playing right now. And it's uh, it's kind of sad to see that it came this late in the year when they weren't ready to go early in this season, and that's uh, that's a big, big problem. Yeah, well, Andy, the, the, the big thing here is they took care of business at home. Yep. All right. Uh, you know, there's uh, – I, I think that – they showed up. I think they came with a good game plan, and they got DJ Moore involved. and And if you're going to win with this team, you got to have DJ Moore. You got to have Cole Komet. And you got to have Mooney. And if not Mooney, you know he's kind of a disappeared a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I think we've got a tight end in Cole Komet. We got a receiver in DJ Moore. There's no question about it. There's a lot of questions that still have to be answered. You got to look at the quality of the, of the people that were playing, the teams were playing. That that has to come into the equation. And you know, you love to see them do it against the teams that lead and whatever have you. But things are what they are, and they took care of business. and And that was a good thing here today. Now we got one more game left. We got to go to Green Bay, and if they can keep that going. 
We'll see what happens. 37-17, Bears lead. Well, you know, to me, I think you touched on it. It was a, for the first time all year, we, uh, we were heads and shoulders better than the opposition. How about throwing a football down the field for, well, for again, one? Well, not only that, but okay. But again, you know, the old Chinese proverb, you don't need a hatchet to remove a fly from a friend's forehead. We did what we set out to do, and that is to not only win the game, but dominate it. And the time of possession and the yards, you know, that the offense was able to generate, it was it, – Maybe, maybe, and again, your point about the opposition, this was a bad team. We saw a bad one last week. This one maybe may have been worse. All that being said, Andy, mm-hmm. this was a game that a lot of people, a lot of people really were thinking this was a game that Falcons would come in and not only win, but dominate the Bears. And it was completely opposite. So kudos, not only to the players, but to coaches, both sides of the ball, and, you know, at some point, that's what you do when you are a better football team. And we haven't seen that all year. This may have been the first time we saw a superior effort on all occasions. Well, I, what I liked, Dan, was finally, let's just take the fourth quarter, period. We actually had a quarterback actually throwing the football. Actually throwing the football, trying to convert on third down, and trying to put points on the board. We haven't seen that all year. We haven't. Nope. So it was nice. Whenever it happens, we got one more game to go again. But I'll tell you what, I'm I'm not all of a sudden going to start putting roses on everybody and, oh, this is this and this is that. (laughs) There's a lot of negative stuff still here with this football team, with the coaches and with some of the players. But they put a lot of deodorant on the product today. (laughs) But, you know, as we close out the year 2023, a lot of things happened this year that weren't good, especially the start. This is kind of a really neat thing to see them win five in a row at home to close out the year. All right. Happen to be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. We'll get into the meat of the show. The game has just gone final, 37-17. The Bears beat the Falcons at Soldier Field. Third down and goal. Fields, flings, back corner, more! Touchdown, Bears! Right in front of Jesse Bates, and Chicago scores first. Courtesy of CBS Sports, and the Bears win at 37-17. Happen to be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com and DJ Moore. You know, I was a little worried at the end of last week's game. You know, he kind of came up gimpy with the, with the ankle, and he said he heals really quickly. And, uh, boy, he heals quickly. This this guy was a monster today. He was an absolute man today. Yes, he was. And yeah, give, give him credit uh, coming off that injury. But, you know, his quarterback was pretty good, too, OB. 20 of 32, 268 yards, had a touchdown, really no, you know, oh, my God, what a stupid play moments. Um you know, Eberflus had a couple of uh, questionable decisions there late in the game, but uh, much to our, our credit, the uh, the Atlanta Falcons they they like to play stupid football just as well. So it didn't really uh, come out. But a twenty point win against a team that again, like I said, a lot of a lot of folks were expecting the Falcons to come in and really cause a lot of problems for us. But D.J. Moore, nine receptions, 159 yards of TD. But I like, you know, at the very end of the game, 
Justin was throwing it into the end zone, and DJ almost came away with another touchdown. Well, what I like to see, Danny, we threw for over 200 yards. Threw for approximately 240 yards. That's the good. That's the positive. What's the negative to me? Again, when we need to convert on that third down, and I don't know what the problem is, Dan. I mean, is it the plays that Getsy sending in, or is it just that the quarterback can't can't get the team moving when it needs to be moving? Especially when I'm talking about his third down, they were six to sixteen. That's not good, and that's. That's one. If there was a big problem that we have had all year that was consistent, converting on third down, which, by the way, folks, is the most important down in football. And you can hang that on a combination of a couple of things. You know, Justin Fields, again, quarterbacks, their, their main job is to convert on third down and find a way to score points. Well, we scored the points. The third down, still a little bit of an issue. But remember, it was two weeks ago that we were 4 of 18. And the biggest part of that was there were 3rd and 10, 10 times, or excuse me, 3rd and at least 7 or more, 10 times, and we were 0 for. And that tells me it wasn't so much the 3rd down execution, it was the, you know, the play calling and the execution on 1st and 2nd down, creating all those long yardage situations. Well, here, what did we... <laughs> What 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 did they really do well today? Finally, they showed me something in passing for about 240 yards, and they came back in, from 250 yards last year, Dan. They came back running the ball 192. But then again, when you say all this stuff, you got to take a look at who they're playing. And uh, the well, the bottom line is this: that who they're playing, but they played a horrible team. And they did what they were supposed to do to this team. Slap them around, yep. and that's what they did today. And they the, just slapped them around from one end of the field to the next. And, you know, I, I've, we've all seen Taylor Heineke play okay. He's been around the league five, six, eight years, whatever it is. I don't think I've ever seen anything as bad as what I saw today at quarterback. Not only was he completely inaccurate, but he had no zip, no no rhythm, nothing. And you got to give a lot of that to the defense. You know, we didn't just, you know, get after the quarterback and collapse a pocket play after play after play, but we still generated an awful lot of, of really good plays. What, what, what did we have, three picks or four? Four. We had four yeah, interceptions. Four. And it wasn't just one dude. You know, and those rookie corners, I, folks, I'm telling you, you know, Justin, uh, Jalen Johnson is a fine player and he's up for contract, but you got to go. What happens if we don't have him? Like we didn't for well over a half. Nobody missed a beat. Though Terrell Smith and Tyreek Stevenson, man, they were all over the place, not only playing well, but making plays. Uh, Connor Gordon too was in on one of those interceptions. This was T.J. Edwards, whose whose play has certainly been elevated the last four or five weeks as well. You know, and and, and you go back and you look at what the defense was a year ago. It was abysmal. And again, Alan Williams was the defensive coordinator, the dude that was run off. What was it, week three or four or five, whatever it was? And ever since Eberflus took over. The defense has gotten better week after week after week. And, and, and yeah, we've given up some leads in the fourth quarter. It's, it, you know, that's combination of the offense not doing their job. But the defense is, you know, 
collapsed a couple of times. But overall, they are still one of the best defenses in all of football, stopping the run. And now we are just getting turnover after turnover. What have we got, like 21 or 22 turnovers the last five or six weeks? I mean, it's a, it's a torrid pace. And it's, you know, and it's not, again, it's not one dude, you know, with nine or ten interceptions. It's everybody is making plays. All right, to jump on that, Danny, what we've done, what we haven't done all year and last year and the year before and the year before and the year before, we would, in the second half and the third quarter, we would come out and, and all the adjustments they're supposed to make, I don't think they ever made them. But what's happened here lately in the last few games? Now, again, I understand who we're playing also, okay? But what I tell you is, what I like what I see, Dan, today, throwing the football, we're taking more control, being more aggressive in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. The key was figure out how to finish a game. The last couple games, obviously, it looks like we have finished, gotten a little smarter in how to finish a football game. And that is awfully nice to see. Because, again, 17 games, folks, you better have it ready to go from the get-go. There is, there, you don't have time, not in the game of football. You do not. Think about this. Those three games that got away in the fourth quarter, Denver, Cleveland, Detroit. Just say, just say, we would have been able to close the deal. What would it be? What record that's, today? That's three more. It would be ten wins. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it, it would be the same record as what the defending Super Bowl champions will have probably at the end of the day. Correct. So how close is this team to not only being legitimate but viable? I think it's real close, folks. It's real close. Well, Good uh, stuff. I... Uh... I'm, I'll, I'm dragging you I'm to not, the trough. I'm not, drink, drink, I'm not, drink from the trough. I'm not, you're throwing, uh, uh, you're, you're throwing a little too much bait out there, buddy, and I ain't buying it. Okay? I got it. I got it. Atlanta, I, Arizona. I am I got not it. buying it, big man. I love you, but this is for you for what you just tried to sell. For what I've seen under this coaching staff for the last two years, the word would be Dan. No. I'm not buying it. <laughs> we'll get to your calls here in just a minute. We've got a break for the news in about 90 seconds. Uh, 312-981-7200 if you want to get in on the conversation here. You know, the other thing I noticed, uh, just from looking at the numbers, this might have been the most balanced offensive attack they had today. And It, it was. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it earlier. You know, and, and I'm going to make some analogies here later on, folks, and, and about why I think you just got to keep Justin Fields. And you look at the best team in football today. What is it? It's the Baltimore Ravens. And what quarterback closely assimilates the same skill set that Justin Fields has? Now, remember that Baltimore... The difference is he can pass. Well, Justin made some pretty good throws today. Yeah, he made some lousy ones, too. Well, think about this. As far as offensive coordinators, Greg Roman was his coordinator for about five, six years. One year he once was MVP. They made a change this year. They went and got Todd Munkin, the guy that was the coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs, and everything is different. And he, Lamar Jackson, will win the MVP, and we've got kind of Lamar Light right here if we can just figure out a better coordinator. Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero. The number, by the way, if you're interested in the draft situation right now, right now, if the draft was tonight, the Bears would own Carolina's number one overall pick, and they would have the tenth 
overall pick in the first round. So two picks within the first 10 in round number one. More on that coming up, 312-981-7200. Happen will be a sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Let's head into the newsroom. Trent Taylor in motion. There, there is Fields in his legs. Dances outside. Stretches. Touchdown, Justin Fields. Courtesy of CBS Sports, Justin Fields using the legs in that case. As the Bears win at 37-17, Happen will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDrivesChicago.com. We're talking about uh, off the air about uh, some of our, our awards for tonight. And we'll, let's get, let's get the uh, who brought it today out of the way right now because – that run, again, a lot of the runs were set up by that great offensive line. So that's the, the guys who brought it today, huh? Yeah, the offensive line. Folks, you know, they've been beaten to death all year long. And, you know, Tevin Jenkins was back at left guard today. And, and, and they look like a, a solid NFL offensive line. They had 240 yards through the air, 192 on the ground. The quarterback, our quarterback, Justin Fields, averaged 99.5 in a QBR, which is, you know, the highest in a long long time but the time of possession we held the ball for over 37 minutes that left only 22 minutes for the falcons to try to do whatever the hell they were trying to do with it all that being said khalil herbert 124 yards on the ground averaging seven yards per carry that's all yeah he he, he had a great day but it was the offensive line punishing runs too sponsored by blue cross and blue shield of illinois the card to bring through it all they sponsor who brought it today? We certainly appreciate that. 312-981-7200. We got some phone calls lined up and ready to roll. Let's, Let's start out in Broadview. We'll welcome in Mark. Mark, you're on with Habit OB. Go ahead. Happy New Year, guys. And uh, I want to make a comment about Eddie Jackson, his effort this year, and on that 75-yard play-action play, where at the 20, he stopped running. And I'm talking about his effort. And it's been that way all this year. He should not be wearing a Bears uniform next year. And, OB, would you want him in your foxhole? Eddie Jackson? Would I want him on my team? No. And, oh, no. No effort. You know, and what's bad about it is when he continues to play, and that's what I said week one, week two, week three. I said, hey, if you're playing Eddie Jackson, it tells me you're not trying to win. Go back and look at the the film on that long screen that that went for the touchdown. Yeah, he was loafing, but guess what? Brisker wasn't busting his hump the way we normally see him bust it. You know, it it if if the coaches allow one player to do it, everybody starts thinking, well, why do I gotta go above and beyond? And it, next thing you know, you got a bunch of guys looking to fall on the ground and wait for somebody else to make a play. It's a, like a cancer, and it's a bad thing, OB. Yeah, hold on. One more thing, too. You mentioned Brisker, and I'm gonna tell you what, that's a big point with me. That's my number one point. When they, when they threw that screen play that went for 75 yards, Brisker, if you people have taped it or you could see it or whatever and, uh, and replay it watch the effort he did trying to tackle the opponent it's disgusting it's absolutely disgusting dan the effort was not there you could see it and he's trying to fake that like oh i'm really spreading hard and and, and andy you know exactly yeah. what i'm talking about because andy and i talked about it that was pathetic. It was. We used to call that going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really, really trying now. Yeah, and that's a shame because he's been a borderline 
Pro Bowl type player. He's been very, very good. He's really made a lot of progress. But again, when you got teammates line up next to you, named Eddie Jackson, that gets away with missed tackles, whiffs, and you know, half-ass attempts to tackle, especially when it's down inside the red zone, which I've seen more than a handful this year. Then guess what? Like I said, it starts spreading. Yeah, those shoulder tackles are what he's famous for so much this year. Good call. Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero. Robert in Austin, Texas. Robert, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Yeah. Good afternoon. Happy New Year. Well, finally, after two years, uh, the coach, this coaching staff, uh, listened to the Hampton OB podcast last Monday huh. and implemented your recommendations, and you see the results today. And they do that diligently every Monday for the next, you know, several weeks. We'll, we'll humiliate the Packers next week. We'll have a wild card berth and a Super Bowl victory. Well, let's not, let's not get too far here. <laughs> I mean, Wait a minute. we appreciate the compliments, but whoa, whoa. <laughs> but you know what? Again, if, if what does Eberflus say? A complimentary win. Yep. This was a this was a game where the offense did its job. The defense did its job. The kicking game did its job. Every nobody was over the moon special, but it was just a very workmanlike effort where they went out and dominated an inferior opponent, and that's what they were, folks. Yeah, the, the, I think it's time we say that finally we actually have developed a pretty good football team. It's a shame it took week 17 before it happened. Dan, we finally played four quarters. Yep. You know, which, uh, this, uh, you know, you're not quite with this coaching staff. I, uh, you know, it's been a mystery to me the last two years with this coaching staff. But I'll tell you what, finally, today, today, out of the 17 games, one more to go, we finally played four quarters of intelligent football. Yeah, that was the thing, too, with the, the play calling, even in the fourth quarter, was yes, somewhat it intelligent. Was. Yes, yeah. it was. There yeah, was it a no-give-up attitude. Yeah. They kept trying to go and go. And that's what you're supposed to do every game. Again, and you just say, and all of this good stuff, you can wrap it up, okay? Oh, well, the defense is now you know, one of the best teams against the run. Oh, we're getting turned. All this stuff, where the hell was it in September? It, they, they, those games matter just as much as today, right? That's almost more maddening to think about that, isn't it? It, it, it POs me. Yeah. Because you know, that's why we went nuts, because we had been there, folks. We had been there. You know, OB's career. My, I knew when I watched them in the opener, not only was this team bad, we were unprepared. And we didn't start getting better prepared until about middle of October. Dan, let me tell you, so you listeners out there, Dan knows exactly what he's talking about. And when we came out in that first game of this year, and it wasn't a mystery to me what mystery to me what happened. That coaching staff, that coaching staff, after having our, our kid here coming into his third year, I'm talking about Fields. They had all the different camps to go through and get everybody familiar with what they're going to do. And they came out in that first game and totally and completely got outplayed, outcoached, and laid a giant egg. And they did it for the majority part of this season. You know, all of a sudden, now we're winning a couple games, not against great teams either, but the point is we're winning. And, and we went through four quarters today. But, you know, somebody's got to answer for what happened prior in the training camp and in the first seven, eight, nine, ten games. 
Somebody's got to answer for it. 312-981-7200. The Bears win. Beat the Falcons 37-17 in the final home game of the 2023 season. That's five straight home wins to end that year on. Let's go out to uh, Fox Lake and welcome in John. John, you're on with Happy OB. Go ahead. Happy New Year's, guys. You know, my my comment here is just going to pertain to the coaching staff, but this win is fool's gold. Upper management needs to look at the body of work, not just teams that we should be steamrolling over. Yes, these games are easy wins. We should win. We should be dominating. Correct. But yet, during the course of this game, I see undisciplined players making making penalties, costing us a first down. That one player, Jones, should have been sat down after that play and should have been talked to saying, what are you doing? Because when you look at elite teams in the NFL and the coaching staffs that they have, those are dominating coaching staffs that that actually coach their players and not let their players just fly like the wind and do whatever they want. And then you got a guy doing Spider-Man in the end zone. That's all cute for kids and everything else like that. That guy gets hurt, then what, what do we say? There's no discipline. I say to upper management, look at the body of work. If you want to be an elite team in the NFL, then find an elite coaching staff to take us there and keep us there. Thank you, guys. Thank you, John. Good call, John. You know, there's a lot of good things about what you said. Think about this, though. Okay, apples to apples. We matched up pretty well against OB's favorite coaching staff, the Detroit Lions. We won one, we lost one. And the one we lost, we had a a 12-point lead with three minutes left in the game. So for 56 minutes, it looked like we outcoached them. But, you know, we gave up at the end. Think about this. Arizona, as, as awful as that team was last week, we won. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. We won, but they went to Philadelphia today and beat the Eagles. The Eagles, who up until a week ago had the number one seed in the NFC behind uh, the Forty ers So you you think yes, there there's a lot of good bright spots, a lot of things that you can say that hey, we can live with this. But accountability, that Justin Jones idiocy grabbing the uh, Falcon uh, player's helmet and pulling his off his head, he should have been sent to the locker room. you got to stop it in the bud. You can't allow that kind of nonsense. All right, we're going to take a quick time out here. Let me uh, clear, clear up some things real quick as far as the housekeeping goes. The Rams went over the Giants 26-25 officially and mathematically eliminated the Bears from any chance of playoff contention. I know you probably already knew that out there. And uh, the, lo- the loss today by Carolina locked up the number one pick for the Carolina Panthers, which means the Chicago Bears will have the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And we will draft Caleb Williams, and guess what? May the best man win. No, what I hope they do is take that number one draft choice and trade it to somebody that we could enrich our team with. Guys that can come in right now, whether it's the offensive line, defensive line, at what position. That's what we should do with that number one pick. We got a lot of time. I disagree with you, big man. We got a lot of time to debate that. <laughs> this is not until April, but I just wanted to get that out well, there. I like my I know, hey, anyway. I like the I like the preview. I like where we're going with that. Chevy dealers. Dan Hampton's defensive player of the game. Heineke play action. Looks right, then back left, and one of those rookies makes a pick at Tyreek Stevenson. Heineke floated it. Stevenson hauls it in. And that courtesy of CBS Sports, Dan Hampton's Defensive Player of the Game, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers and the Chevy Silverado, official truck partner of the Chicago Bears. And the more you see Tyreek Stevenson, the more you like the steal. Basically, what a fifth-round pick, right? 
Late round pick, I know that. Uh, uh, Tyreek was a number two. Terrell Smith. Oh, Terrell Smith, I'm thinking. Terrell Thank Smith you. was a five. He was uh, the rookie from Minnesota. Both those guys, hey, they could play for Definitely. me any day. You got that right. And, you know, he affected the game in so many different ways. He was second on the team in tackles. He had four pass defense. He had an interception. Terrell Smith, a couple of tackles, uh, a pick. But I love the way they tackle. They have, you know, they're not the 5'10 cornerbacks that uh, we used to see all the time. They're 6'2", 6'3". And more importantly, like I said, you can't have enough great corners, but the good news is we got somebody playing safety that don't need to be here next year. One of these guys, I would say, John Hoke's done a great job. He's the uh, secondary coach. He's done a great job, and I – the first Monday after the Green Bay game, you know, a week from tomorrow, I'd go in and say, okay, you did a good job. Which one of these guys are we putting at free safety? And see what he says. Yeah, interesting. 312-981-7200 is the number. Let's go back out to the phone lines, and we'll go out to Colorado and welcome in Mike. Mike, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of coaching uh, situations. From what I'm reading here in Colorado, it seems like Eberflus is going to be retained. You know, I know it's still up in the air. But in case that scenario plays out, I'm curious if you guys think that he would still control the defense, or do you think they'd go out and look for a coordinator like Leslie Frazier or Ron Rivera if he gets let, let's go? What's your guys' thought on that? And Andy, um, I missed from a couple of weeks ago. I asked you when the last time the Bears went three in a row. Do you remember when that? When what year that was? I I don't. <laughs> okay, I'm not, we're, we're, we, have, we have our guys still. It I was, think they're still doing research was, on I that. I think it was 2020. <laughs> You're right. It was. You know what? Ago, it, huh? it was 2020. Yep, that, that's right. Because okay. the, the back-to-back division games was 2021, and then yeah, it went to 2020. And then Ham, can you uh, can you fly up to Green Bay next week and get those fired guys fired up to beat the Packers? Well, I'd love to. You know, and I, I mean, if there's <laughs> again the way we played in the opener, we have a, a reprieve. We've got a chance to kind of you know you know put a little uh, perfume on the on the pig here and 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 try to go into the off season on a three game winning streak. And I, I think I mentioned it. Two weeks ago, you know, and, and again, the Eberflus question, I think, is answered. He will be back. They have now more than doubled their win total from a year ago. The team seems to be headed. What if they lose in Green Bay? I, I, I personally don't think that that will be the deal breaker. I think the last two or three weeks has been, you know, kind of show me what you got, and the team's responded. The only way that that kid, Dan, if he comes back, Eberflus comes back, there's got to be a stipulation, and this is a guess on my part, that polls tell him you got to get rid of Getsy. We we want you back, but he has to go. Do you think that's a possibility? I, th- I, I think it would be what I would tell him. I would say, look, we're, we're not trying to hang all this on Getsy, but I'm looking at what the Baltimore— I am. Okay, Greg Roman was an offensive coordinator that came from the 49ers. They were in a Super Bowl. Back when Kaepernick Nick was running, and then they go, and then Lamar Jackson was MVP, and they they won the division every year. Oh, they and they got rid of him. They got rid of him, and brought in a new offensive coordinator. And guess what? It worked. Lamar Jackson has become the MVP of the league. Getsy has shown me one thing: he does not. He has no concept 
of what it takes to convert on third down and to score points and to change things at halftime, come out in the third quarter and stay alive and viable in the fourth quarter. Getsy has no concept. And I, don't, I will not believe anybody that tells me any difference. Why? Because he's proven it since he's been here. You know, they he say, doesn't know a damn thing about what the hell he's doing. You're exactly right. And even today, even though we, we control the football from start to finish practically with a big lead 21 to, to 7 at halftime, all that being said, there was still very little rhyme and reason and, and balance to the offense. And yeah, we got, a, you know, some good yardage totals and, and Justin Fields had a good quarterback rating and then, but still, but still all throughout the game, you're saying, I don't see it. I just don't see it. And you know, there's horses for courses. And I think Getsy, he needs to go on and, and find somebody like a, a Joe Flacco, a, pre- a predominant, uh, pocket passer. To, to kind of try to find out if indeed he has a groove in the NFL. But with Justin Fields, I think it, 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 they're on different wavelengths. I heard an interesting name floated about for the uh, offensive coordinator, and that's Frank Reich, who was let go uh, with Carolina and obviously has some history with Eberflus in Indianapolis. And that's a, another guy that... Well, you know, with the kid down in Carolina, Bryce Young, yeah. he's, you know... One of those like backyard quarterbacks like Justin that, yep. you know, likes to have improvisational, uh, you know, plays and all that stuff. And Frank Rock got fired. He, he got did. Fired. No, that's right. Well, I, I, that, the, the key, the key is if they're going to keep Iberflus, okay? If they're going to keep him, Getsy has to go. And, and, and I'm not a bet, I'm not a betting man, but I'll tell you what, that would be if I was going to make a bet. And that's certain situation. If if there is a place to make a bet, I would bet that Getsy is long gone. No oh. matter what we do next week. Now let's sneak one more in here before we go to the top of the hour news. Let's go to Tiafimo in Elgin. You're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, love the show uh, very much. Uh, I would just say Thank uh, you. it was a good Bears victory. Um, and that's it. Uh, Justin feels good. The defense, uh, I gave everybody on the defense a game ball. Uh, and they did their thing, but um, in my opinion, we have to move on. Uh, but it was a great victory for Chicago Bears. You know, George Hallis will be uh, happy today because they won. They kicked butt. Thank you, anyway, sir. Anyway, I love the show, and uh, you guys are very good. Uh, my favorite show. I can't wait to see you guys and, and, and hear you. So God bless everybody, and Happy New Year, Dan Hampton, Ed Obradovich. Right. God bless you. Happy New Year to you. Right back at you. And, and, guys, a health, and a healthy one. All right, let me throw this out there right before we have to go. Folks, you know what? We we spent the last six years going, oh, we could have had Mahomes. Could have had Mahomes. Well, guess what? Everybody thought that Trey Lance was the next Mahomes. He's Where's he? I'm just saying... You take that pick and you you draft Caleb Williams and you let them battle it out. Think about this, OB. 59 different quarterbacks have started this year. 59. That means almost two per team. Two per team. We're watching a game right here. The Chargers in Denver, their backup backups are in. I'm just saying it wouldn't be a bad thing. Think about it. 
All right, we'll think about that. We'll let you guys at home think about that as well. 312-981-7200. We'll take a timeout for the news, and then we'll continue with Hampton OB, our postgame show after the Bears win 37-17. We'll be with you on there until 5 Hang tonight. In there, callers. Hang in there if you are on hold. 312-981-7200. Third down, eight to go. Fields pressured immediately. Athleticism escapes that one. Fields, are you kidding me? the first down and scoots out of bounds the man is a magician justin fields courtesy of cbs sports one of the uh, many improbable runs for number one today in the bears 37 17 win Hammond will be sponsored by your local chevy dealers at chevydriveschicago.com there were a couple of those plays where he looked like houdini I'm not exactly sure what the end result was the play was supposed to be, but he got out of trouble, man, and certainly gained some yards. Well, and the opposing coaches around the league, they've all come to the assessment that, hey, you know, he, he could be as dangerous as anybody in football, especially when the pocket collapses. And, you know, week after week, we see it. He had 11 uh, times he was either on a called run or scrambled from the pocket, 45 yards. Hey, moves the sticks, OB. And he wasn't a leading carrier today either. Khalil Herbert actually had more carries than the quarterback, which is nice to see the running back have more carries than the, run- than the quarterback. Yeah, and more yards. <laughs> That's true, too. 312-981-7200. Let's go back out to the telephone lines and go to Rockford and welcome in Ken. Ken, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, Happy New Year, Dan and Ed. Um, it's always great to talk to you guys. I thank you for winning the champion- our last two championships. We've only won two championships in the last 80 years. We've got to w- get this team together. Uh, my question, um, Fields, okay, I want to know who's playing better than him in the NFC North. I, I mean, we've spent our first-round picks on Trubisky and Fields and these guys and, you know, gave up some for Khalil Max. we got to be careful with how we're drafting people, and I sure hope we go up to Green Bay and finally beat them next week. And, uh, you know, this, I just want to hear what you think. Should we? I, I mean, Fields has some experience. I'd like to see him take us to the uh, championship. I think he could, you know. Well, Ken, what what I would do, we have the I, – I don't see a top-flight quarterback in college. That's my opinion. I, the, I don't care. The kid in Southern Cal – no, there is not somebody that I would pick as a quarterback in the draft. What I would do is I would see uh, the other 31 teams. I have the number one pick. Guys, I'm open for bids. What do you want to give me for my number one pick? Because there is not a quarterback in college that could come in and be a difference maker. But it's my opinion, and I'll stand by my opinion and my beliefs, and that's what I think the smart move is. Trade it and get a bunch of draft choices, high draft choices if you could, whatever, or another quality player and draft choices because it's out there. It's out there. In the 31 teams, it's out there, folks. Set out to Joliet. Welcome in Josh next. Josh, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Obi, I have a question for you. Um, where, what do you think we could get for Eddie Jackson? Like, where, like, wh- where would you trade him to if you're Ryan Poles? Well, uh, uh, I'm. You know, there's a lot of people worry about trading. Like in your, like the North Division, sometimes you got a player and you don't want to trade him to one of the other three teams that's in the North Division because it may come back to haunt you. There's all that kind of philosophy out there, Josh. But I can tell you, um, to me, Eddie Jackson, my bottom line is he would not play for me. 
He would he would be gone. I would trade him, cut him. I would do something. He would not play for me. I've seen too much of that kid not putting out from game to game, and Dan has seen the same thing. Yeah, he he will be released, and he probably will sign with somebody. And maybe he'll realize, hey, he's got to hit people, he's got to tackle, he's got to cover, he's got to, you know, show some, um, some, you know, fortitude, all those things. But it's it's obvious you, we've got to move on. Nobody will trade for him. We're going to release him, and we'll see what happens. I was going to say that money is way too much for anybody to really deal with them. It's seventeen million dollars. You can get guys, you know, for a fraction of that that I think are a lot better. All right, let's go for a game-changing moment here. Brought to you by the Muller Auto Group. Game-changing moments. Sponsored by the Muller family of dealerships in Hoffman Estates, Gurney, Highland Park, and Merrillville. You know, the very first possession for the Atlanta Falcons, they took the ball down to the Bears 31. First two plays, 43 yards, and they were moving. Right, and they were kicking, if I'm not mistaken, to the north end zone. the north end zone. And uh, the the field goal came up short. It was a 50-yard attempt from Koo, and... It really could have changed how that game went. If they were scored first, you never know how things would have happened. But it's really weird that, that Matt Eberflus decided that he was going to try to do something later. We're going to talk about the Eberflus decision on the field goal into that same end zone later. But uh, that, that kind of changed the game at that point. I agree. And to me, we've talked about it. This, you know, it was two evenly matched teams you know, on paper. And yet, from that moment on, our offense asserted itself. The defense kicked in. It was a whole new ball game. You know, Danny, what I couldn't understand with Heineke, their quarterback, okay, from the Falcons, I could not understand. I mean, if anybody who was the most valuable bear was Heineke. My God, <laughs> he, was he threw those passes, and I was talking with Andy. Andy, you know exactly what I was yes. – he, he, he was hitting the, defend, the defenders perfectly. They were wide open. They were wide open, and he nailed them. Put it right in their hands, right in front of them. I, I mean, it, it, it kept going on and on and on and on. And then finally, with what a minute or two minutes to go, whatever it was, three maybe three minutes, they finally get a hit rid of sit him down and bring Riddick in. Why they didn't bench him before, I have no idea. But I'll tell you what, I, it, it, it sometimes things as games go, folks. They get very puzzling, believe me. <laughs> All right, if you're on hold, please stay there. We're going to get to you. I promise. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. Third and eight through the light snow. Heineke over the middle. It's a diving interception. DJ Edwards. And the Bears with a minute, two left. Still all three timeouts. Time to celebrate on New Year's Eve. Capital B sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com, courtesy of CBS Sports. One of the three interceptions that Taylor Harnicky threw, and then Desmond Ritter came in and threw one at the end. So four picks for the Bears in their 37-17 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. We're still waiting to find out from the NFL exactly what time the Bears game at Green Bay is next week. Uh, Green Bay and Minnesota will play tonight. And uh, I don't know if that's going to have any bearing on what time that game will be if Green Bay loses or if Green Bay wins. But we'll, uh, we'll uh, update you as soon as we find out that information, of course. Well, let's hope it's a noon game. <laughs> let's hope it's a noon game is right. 312-981-7200. New Year's wish. <laughs> let's continue the calls. Let's go out to Texas and welcome in Ed. Ed, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, Ed. Uh, hello. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, 
I think I'm not sure whether the Bears should keep Eberflus, but I, I think that the Bears need to really think about it. Maybe poll the players or or see who what other coaches are out there. Because if you look at Dan Campbell, who everybody wants to make out to be the next Tom Landry, he was three and thirteen with one tie his first year. Then his second year he went nine and eight. And then the third year they broke through and made the playoff. This man still has a losing record as a head coach. Even Mike Ditka with with Dan as the player, they were uh, three and six the first year, and then I think eight and eight the second year, and then the third year they broke through. So I don't understand why Dan Campbell is such so great, but Eberflus is a bum. I don't I don't understand that. Well, what 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 Dan Campbell did. He came in and set the tone. You you better do what I say, and 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 pay attention, and work hard every day, or you're not going to be here. And that's pretty much what he said, and he held strong to it. It took him a few years. What the first year, second year, to get rid of people, and it took Mike Ditka the same thing. You had a lot of guys that were on that team were just. You know, they they were there, they were happy, they were wonderful, it was everything, but they weren't winning, and Dan, you know what I'm talking about. And Mike Ditka came in, and he was the difference maker. He knew what you had to do to be a winner and how to get there, and he made it work. And he got rid of the people that didn't understand or couldn't figure it out. They were long gone. A lot of that has to do with the simple word accountability, and everybody knew what was expected and how you had to perform. All that being said, you, you think about Dan Campbell. A lot of people, and I was shocked by how well the Lions played last night. I don't know if you watched the game, folks, but that was almost a meaningless game. They had clinched the division. Yeah, you know, if you win, you get a little better slotting and this and that. Going for it on fourth down, Hey, he? hey. At the end of the game, a minute and 27 to go, he said, we're going down and we're going to score and we're going to go for two. And they did it. They had a little problem (laughs) with uh, the officials. But at the end of the day, he set the tone, as you said, OB, and the rest of the team has followed him. That's exactly. That's what Mike Ditka did when he came in here. He got the losers. He got the slupper offers. You know, there's a couple of them, a few of them on this team here right now. We've already he, talked about that before. That's right. And, and Mike Ditka got rid of them. And, and you know who I'm talking about. And he got rid of them, and he held everybody accountable. He held everybody accountable, offensively, defensively, and even on the special teams. All right, up next, we'll go to Florida and welcome in Dave. Dave, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Hampton OB, I just want to wish you guys a happy and healthy new year. I always enjoy the show. I call you guys quite right constantly. Um, my question to you is, Dan, Hampton, I, I mentioned to this a couple of weeks ago about our killer instinct in the second half. We had 21 points at halftime, and then we ended up with three field goals and I think a meaningless touchdown at the end. And I, I just, from my perspective with the coaching staff, I don't see that killer instinct where we're going to put – like you said, uh, Hanson and OB, you guys, you know, got to stick that dagger in their neck. Yes, As you far do. as you know, getting that last uh, touchdown in there, you know, instead we're running the ball, we're playing it conservative. You know, they, they were down, or the excuse me, the Falcons were down by ten points, and uh, we're running the ball. Why don't we just, you know, play action pass right off the bat, 
go for the dagger and put these guys away. I mean, it happens every week. We we every every second half it always comes down to it's a ten point game, and we got to squeak it by until the very end. And it's just very frustrating as a fan to watch that. And I don't know if we need to change a head coach, but I'm not in the Eberflus camp. Well, and, and you know what? You can kind of hang 90% of that on the offensive coordinator. We've been talking about it ad nauseum most of the year. You know, most of the time the offense is, is feckless, dysfunctional, idiotic, all those different words. Well, the last couple of weeks we had a position of, you know, of a big lead. And it's almost like we curl up in a ball thinking, well, we're just going to ride it out. No. And again, that tells you volumes, not only about the will of the offensive caller of the plays, but what you are as a football team. And, and again, you're exactly right. The second half, you know, we control the clock. We did what we're supposed to do. We wound up with a 20 point lead. All that being said, did you watch the Georgia Bulldogs play in that bowl game last night? I mean, it was, it was 42 to three, 47 to three, 56 to three. It was like they had no, no, no quarter for anyone. They were going to just beat you down. That, that is, to me, that's the type of offensive coordinator you not only want, but you need in this NFL. How many games have we seen? If you don't have a big enough lead with five minutes to go, here they come back door and two touchdowns later, you're either losing or scratching and clawing trying to hold on. So you're exactly right. All that 90% of it, it goes on the, uh, on the, uh, resume of Luke Getze. Well, you know what? There's, there's, yeah, Dan, you know, and I'll buy that too. I'll buy what you're saying. But the, the guy that's got to step up and he's at the helm is Eberflus. Okay. Like what he was. So he's a defensive coordinator. I mean, these guys switch from this position as a coach to that, whatever, wherever they can get the money or wherever they can get hired because this is the good old boy league. And I, and, and I, I just think that, that Danny, that, um, Eberflus, in my opinion, in my opinion, he hasn't done. He's been here two years, and he's had the full reign to make all the moves, make the changes. And how many times today was the first time we came out in the third quarter and finally carried it on into the fourth quarter of the ability to try to move the ball down the field and try to score. What happened to the other 30-some-odd games? Or twenty some, whatever it's been, you know. And I, 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 I don't buy Eberflus. I know he's a nice guy, wonderful guy, this and that. But I'll tell you what, he would not be my head coach. And by the way, he can take the other twenty four guys with him <laughs> as they walk out the door, because I'm not, I'm just not buying it. I'm not. Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero. Let's continue out in Milwaukee and say hi to Andrew. Andrew, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, bud. Hey, Hampton Obi. Uh, I moved to Wisconsin in 2012, uh, born and raised in Elgin. Uh, since then, moved all over. And uh, since I've been in Wisconsin, let me tell you something. Some people need to go to therapy in order to maintain their, their mental health. As a Bears fan in Milwaukee, listening to you guys has helped me maintain my mental health. <laughs> uh, so this second half of the season, I'm finally seeing some light, hopefully at the end of the tunnel. And uh, you know what I want to see? I want to see the Bears beat the Packers. So 
Once again, thank you guys. Happy New Year. I love you. Andrew, hang thank on a second. You, we're going to reward you for, uh, we're going to give you a little extra help on your therapy here by giving you a $50 gift card to our friends at Second City Prime Steak and Seafood. Uh, and uh, you can order today at secondcityprime.com. So we hope you enjoy that. By the way, uh, earlier today on the uh, pregame show, our winner today, because the Bears won, so now Mary Toman wins a $100 gift card to Second City Prime Steak and Seafood. Again, order at secondcityprime.com. And as uh, Obi and I say all the time, you're not going to be disappointed at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Well, Mary and An- Andrew, and that's exactly correct. Andrew, you're really going to, I tell you, they. you talk about quality food. These people are right with it, boy. Good, good. stuff. Very, very good. 312-981-7200, the phone number. If you want to get in on the conversation here, it happened, Obi. I think it's a vote for uh, Caleb Williams. <laughs> I think that might be in a roundabout to... way, huh? Yeah. Wish you would uh, let us know exactly how we really feel. You know, and, and, and of the what, 25, six games, whatever he's played for SC, 20 of them, he has looked like the second coming. But this year, there was four or five that were real, real bad clunkers. And the first one was right here in our backyard at South Bend against Notre Dame. And you know what? Guess what? It, it's only going to be harder in the bigs. So we'll see yeah. how it all shakes out. Marty, I, I, I just think – that we should trade our number one pick. I really do. When the draft comes up, I I, I don't see what you see or whatever is in that quarterback. And, and, and I really think if we can trade that, because the other 31 teams, there's got to be some team out there that's willing to give us a lot, whether it's cash and, and high draft choices or whatever. But the smart move to me is to trade our number one pick and let's get some instant help in the offensive line, defensive line, running backs, receivers, whatever we need. Get them in here. This is the time to do it. All right, a half an hour to go. 312-981-7200. Bears win 37-17 over the Falcons. Half will be is sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. We'll have the news right now, and then more Happen will be coming your way on 720 WGN. Tanyan in that tight end, handed off Johnson, marches through, touchdown Bears. Second rushing score of the season for Roshan Johnson, the rookie from Texas, the backup to Bijan Robinson on the Falcons side. Courtesy of CBS Sports, Roshan Johnson running one in. Happen to be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Bears win at 37-17 today over the Atlanta Falcons. I tell you what, the running back situation, yeah, we missed David Montgomery, but my goodness, you know, all year long, uh, you know, Foreman was was great when he was, you know, uh, he came alive in the middle of the year. Um, running backs was set in pretty good shape with them. Yeah, Khalil Herbert, Rashawn Johnson, uh, yeah. tough running today for both of those fellas. 312-981-7200. was running like a pinball machine there in the he fourth was, quarter, yeah. bouncing off people, running over people. Yeah, he's a tough, Great stuff. tough runner. All right, let's go to the phones here at uh, 312-981-7200 on the south side. We'll welcome in Chris. Chris, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, Chris. Hello, Chris. Know, yeah, go ahead. Good to talk to you. I, I agree 100% with OB. we got to get rid of these coaches. They have showed me no confidence when it comes to winning a big game or important game they choke four times this year they blew a 10 point plus lead that falls on the coaches and if we don't get rid of eberfus 
We're going to have the same situation we're having this year. They come out of the gate. They're going to come out 0-2, 0-3. They're going to be struggling from the beginning. And then when they have to win, they're not going to be able to because, they, like I said, even Fools is a nice guy. I got nothing against the guy personally. But he just does not – none of these coaches have what it takes to take this team who improved from last year. We should have been a lot better this year than we were last year, especially out, out of the gate. I mean, you know, like you said, that game against Green Bay, and, you know, and I want to go back to what you used to say, OB, you know, we're, we're beating tomato canteens. Forget about tomato canteens. Let's, what can you do? Show me what you can do against a winning record team. I'd love to see what their record is against winning teams, teams that are winning records in the last two, two years. And that's all I have to say, and you guys have a great new year. Thanks, Chris. Well, Chris, that was a hell of a call. To me, that's game, set, match. Thank you for agreeing <laughs> with me. <laughs> Think about this. You know, if you grade a head coach on his coaches that he hires, Alan Williams, a bust. Awful. Awful. Never, how many times you see a coach dismissed after four or five games? Never. Uh, then another coach dismissed. And think about his other main hire. It was Luke Getze. Every week, week after week after week after week, he is topic A. And at some point, that's, that comes under the head coach's purview. That, that's a big part of it. And in that, you know, instance, if you look at grading him on certain hires, it's not pretty. Dan, that's been my point. Eberflus, he's the guy. Okay? He's the guy that whatever, whatever they're doing offensively and defensively, and you know exactly what I'm saying, it's got to go through him. You know, it can't go through the assistant backup uh, defensive safety uh, coach or some stupid thing like that. He is the main. That's why he's getting paid a few million dollars to be the head coach to make the decisions on offense, on defense, and special teams. And he there's and he can't get away from this. He can't hide behind anybody. He's the guy who brought these people in, and he has them. And 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 I tell you what, it's been a bad deal, Dan. Just like you just mentioned, two coaches fired for. You know, God knows what they were doing in the office or whatever it was. That Inappropriate they were doing. behavior. Inappropriate behavior, okay? Yep. Not one, two. And then we're getting our backside handed to us ever since he's been here, basically. And he's the guy. He's the guy that makes the decisions. He's the guy that has to answer for it. All right, out to Indiana we go, and we say hi to Wayne. Wayne, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, thank God bless you guys. Hey, Hemp, OB, a couple of my all-time heroes. OB, big Doug's up in heaven smiling after a game like this, my friend. He's smiling at us. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. You know that, buddy. Anyway, I'll tell you what. I'm just thankful that the defense is playing like the Monsters of the Midway again a little bit more. They're starting to come around, and I'm real – real because they've been terrible the past few years, and I'm just thankful that there's something to deal with anymore. And – uh I just wanted to tell you, Dan, you've always been my mom's favorite bear. She's 97 years old once he died, but you're always my mom's favorite bear, big Dan. God bless her. Thank you. You're one of mine, too, old buddy. But I think we ought to keep fields. I don't think any of those college boys could do what he did today. And I think I think he's coming along. I think he's going to take it serious enough to keep getting better and put the work in. And I think all his teammates believe in him big time. So I think we could get a, I think we could get a, so much of a truckload of help for him that the Bears would see, be so good next year they, they couldn't miss the playoffs at least. And uh, 
and always the best to you guys, and uh, thank you for being there for us. And just always the best. Have a happy new year, okay? Happy new year, thank you, Wayne, to you and your family, Wayne. And 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 again, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that what we should do with this number one draft choice is not again. There's no quarterback out there. I don't. You can. Everybody's got their opinion. Okay, mine is there is not one that's worth that number one draft choice, and I think. Again, if we trade that number one draft choice, we can really fill in some really spots that we need help through trades or through draft choices, through other draft choices. But we've got the number one spot. I think that would be the smart move. Guys, you know, I'm watching out of the corner of my eye. Patrick Mahomes, he's playing horrible football. And it's not today. It's not last week. It's all year. Think about Joe Burrow. He's out, he's out for the year. Justin Herbert, the, what we think is, you know, the best quarterback. Yeah, he's he's been out pretty much all season. You know, Josh Allen, he's still fighting. Lamar Jackson, he's a but some of the other guys, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, he, he he was bad today, folks. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm just saying, you know, everybody thinks, oh, we get this one player, this one quarterback, he's going to be, you know, you know, a, a little little Superman and cure a lot of evils. Don't really work that way. And Justin Fields, I've never seen. You can tell the guys on this team not only appreciate him, but they trust him and believe in him and what he would be next year or the year after or the year three from now because I've never heard so many guys in a groundswell try to clamor to keep a quarterback. Never. Well, I tell you what. You I didn't th- hear this with Trubisky, did you? No. No, everybody's like, yeah, see ya. Well, I'd still like to see what is with Bajit. I still would like it. I would have set Fields today and I would have played Bajit today and I would have played him the final game up in Green Bay. I want to see what that kid, what does he have? He's played four games, won two, lost two. I want to see what he's got, see if he's, if he's learned by sitting on the bench and watching Fields come back and play and whatever. Has he progressed or whatever? And why? Because we're going nowhere. So why don't you try and see what you got in Beijing and then go from there? Because it does, you know what you have in Fields, but we don't know what we have in Beijing. And why don't you play him? He should have played today, and he should play against Green Bay. So you see what you got in this kid, and then make your moves from there. It's the smart move. You're not getting in the playoffs. You're not even close to it. And make the smart move and play that kid. But they didn't do it today. Hopefully, they'll do it against Green Bay. I want to see what he can do, Dan. He showed some stuff. He showed that he could win, but you didn't see enough. So, to me, that would be, again, as I would say, that would be the smart move. Sid Fields, play that kid. He showed moxie. We'll give him that. He was 2-2 two and two as a starter. We like him, but you don't have anything invested in him. You've got everything invested in Fields, at least for the next year. Well, if, in fact, that's true what you just said, then, then Fields is a bust-out. I just listed a bunch of quarterbacks around the league. Everybody thinks they're special, and only one or two of them are playing special. Well, let me ask you a question. You you would take Fields over Mahomes? You would take him over Josh Allen? You would take him I over didn't Justin say that. Herbert? I said when you put them apples to apples and compare the way Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are playing, you tell me. 
You tell me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, let's get a phone call in here before we take our uh, next break. Let's go to uh, Chicago and say hi to Andre. Andre, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hello, Andre. All right. Apparently, Andre is not there, so we'll come back to Andre. Andre started the New Year celebration. Uh, exactly. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. Here we go. Uh, let's go to Hoffman Estates and welcome in Dave. Dave, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, happy OB. Happy New Year. Um, my, I got two things. On the first thing with the, the Lions game last night, that two points that was uh, robbed from them, <laughs> do you think it uh, was the fact that there was no way that they were going to allow the Detroit Lions to beat the Dallas on Jimmy Johnson's enshrinement into the ring. You're saying that you think it was fixed. No, there was a clear case of, of, of an infraction when an offensive lineman comes in the game on goal line and check. he has to check in because he does not have a receiver number. He has to check in. The guy that came in, the offensive lineman, he checked in. But the offensive tackle that was already in the game that lined up at tight end forgot or failed to do so, and they called it. It's chicken blank. You know it. I know it. But it's the rules. 312-981-7200, the phone number. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. It's time for the bonehead plays of the game. We'll do that in just a second. Real quick Yeah, good. And – Dave, that's a reflection on the coaching because when they're, if they're going to pull a play like that, and I've seen it when I played, and I know very well that when that called, that guy, before he leaves his bench, the sidelines, that's the last thing he told us before he runs out on the field. Make sure you report to the ref. Am I right, Dan? Yes, and he did. But the offensive tackle that was already in the game that lined up at, at the tight end didn't do it. I know it seems chicken well, blank, but that, that's the way it went. And that's that the way guy the would be troubled. on a slow boat to China by now. <laughs> slow boat to Green Bay. Happen yeah, to be a sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Back with more in just a moment here on 720 WGN. I did. I mean, I did, but I always do that, you know. Um, you know, I've just made a big emphasis on living in the present moment, and I definitely did it. I will definitely remember this game for the rest of my life, just, you know, the atmosphere, the fans, the chance, the snow. Um, you know, I don't like snow as a quarterback, but um, looking back on it, it was it was great. Just the atmosphere, the fans, um, the game, and, um, you know, playing the hometown team, hometown team where I'm from, uh, beating them. So it was a, it was a good day today. Justin Fields soaking it all in if, in fact, it could be his last game at Soldier Field as a Chicago Bear. Hampton OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Uh, Bears win 37-17, but it's time now for one of my favorite segments on our post-game show, the Curveball Whiskey Bonehead Play of the Game. It's sponsored by Curveball, the original barbecue whiskey. Join the Bonehead Nation today, CurveballWhiskey.com. Who wants to go uh, first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, we're we're in the lead. We've got the, you know the uh, the defense on the field. We've got Atlanta stopped. It's third and eight, and all of a sudden there's a, a melee a scrum, and Justin Jones grabs some Falcon player by the helmet and rips his helmet off. Gets a personal foul, which is automatic first down. A play or two later, the quarterback scrambles around like a rat on linoleum and runs for a touchdown and it should have never happened and it happened because he thinks more of himself 
and jerking around somebody in a, in a scrum and getting a penalty than what's good for the team. Great call, Danny. And I'm going to go with this. you're talking about the same thing. I'm, that's I, I agree a hundred percent. That was that was in me. That's something that never ever should have happened. You talk about a flagrant, stupid move. That kid pulled it off. And as a matter of fact, I thought I'd have pulled him off then and I'd have sent him in the locker room. That's what I would have done if I was the coach. And that's you, where he's. That's where he just spent the rest of the game in the locker room. Yeah, and you know, and you know, Dicker would have, Hallis would. Have, but here's the other thing: Gervon Dexter should start next week. He and Andrew Billings give us the best lineup, and Justin Jones needs to play backup for a while. So that's our Bonehead Plays of the Game, sponsored by Curveball, the original barbecue whiskey. Join the Bonehead Nation today, curveballwhiskey.com. New Year's Eve, uh, is it? Is it flip, sip it, flip it, or smooth it? Oh, no, this is uh, what I'm just going to go out and it's going to be a smooth. Okay. Curveball smooth. Curveball smooth. On the rocks and just take it nice. He's got this huge <laughs> smile on his face, folks. He can't wait to get that going. 312-981-7200. Let's get a couple more Good calls stuff. in here. For the top of the hour at 5 o'clock, and that's where we'll be checking out. Let's go to uh, Andre on the south side. Andre, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, bud. Hey, gentlemen. Happy New Year. And also, I want to thank you uh, so much for what you bring to uh, football acumen in Chicago. And, I, you know, I, Hamp, I saw you play. I was younger. OB, you were a little bit before my time. But I see you still much. You're a beast. <laughs> but... I just want to say, I believe what uh, OB is saying is correct. I think Fields is the guy to go with going forward. And, and as far as going, what we need to get in the offseason, right now, I'm thinking, after what I've seen, we need a center. That's the only thing we're missing offensive lines of center. I say get that kid from West Virginia, and then we need a three technique. We need a three technique guy. You put that on the line with what Sweaters brought, and then the Bears will be a top-ten defense. Now, of course, Eddie Jack has got to go. And then on top of that, you get rid of Getty, and I think we're talking about something going forward. What do you think? I like your moves. Yeah, I like yeah, Andre, I like your moves. I, I like everything you said. You know, and just think about it. You know, when we saw Bryce Young here, would you rather have Bryce Young or Justin Fields? You know, Justin Fields, easy. Detroit, Jared Goff has had a great year. But next year, would you rather have Justin Fields or Jared Goff? I'm just saying, think about what Minnesota's going to be putting on the field tonight against Green Bay. A fifth-round rookie, Jaron uh, Jaron Hall, a kid from BYU. We'll see what he does. Would you rather have Justin Fields or Jordan Love? I'm just saying, other than maybe six guys in the league, who would you rather have? I'm just saying, I think he's earned the right to move forward next year. But like you said, another great receiver, an offensive center, a couple of positions that would really, really make him a lot better player. I get well, absolutely, Andre, and I and thank you because I tell you what, that's exactly what I would do. I would trade our number one pick. I mean, I think you could make hay while the sun shines if you make that move. I really believe. You can do it. All right, let's go out to Kerry and welcome in Bob. Bob, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, I talked to you last week. I just had the call again. Um, I I do agree with uh, OB regarding don't play fields next week because up in Green Bay, 
they're going to really be after him if he plays. They, in fact, he might even get hurt. Uh, so that's my opinion on that. Um, the second uh, question I have for all of you is, would it be possible to downgrade Eberflus to a defensive coach coordinator and hire a new coach? No, and, no, that would not happen. No, no, that would so not that's happen. Not possible. No, that. And no. I would say just click clean house. It, it, you got to just do it. I mean, it's not going nowhere. All right, Bob, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate that very much. No, yeah, Bob, on that particular situation, yeah, they would never take a, a head coach and he uh, relieve him of his duties as a head coach. And by the way, we want you to be our defensive coordinator. That would go against everything that would blow the entire coaching staff up. You'd lose the players. You, it would be a horrible move if they ever tried to do that. Fuel up for the Bears' next game, sponsored by Mariano's, where you can save up to $2 a gallon by saving Mariano's fuel points. Take your money and mileage farther with Mariano's. We know that the Bears will be in Green Bay. We just don't know exactly what time they're going to kick off. The league has not announced that yet, so we don't know exactly what time we'll be on the air with you. But stick with WGN during the week, and of course we'll let you know. I hope it's a noon game. That would be nice. But we got about a minute and a half, guys. Uh, some final thoughts about uh, today's game, and uh, let me wish you both a very happy and healthy New Year as well. You know, I was going back, and you know, everybody wants to talk about the last championship, the 85 Bears, and I, I made some notes, and I think, I think we had uh, eight or nine first-round picks start and about three or four second-round picks. So two-thirds of the team was built through the draft by drafting first, second-round players that were, you know, supposedly good players. On offense, both of the offensive tackles, the quarterback, the receiver, the running back, they were all number ones. The defense, we had two defensive linemen, two linebackers were number ones. We had a couple of number twos, Singletary and, and L.A. Mike. If you look at, at the influx of talent, Trumaine Edmonds, D.J. Moore, Montez Sweat, they're all number one draft picks. They're now playing for the Bears. So now we have five first-round picks and about six number twos that are starting or play almost as a starter. So your point about drafting better, you know, trade that pick and, and drafting better players, insert them into the lineup, now you're, you're starting to make some sense. Excuse me. <laughs> now I'm that, starting to that make was some your happy, sense. That was your happy new year from Hap, right? Yeah, well, I... Uh... <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Hampton OB Post Game Show, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers. ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Happy and healthy New Year to all of our listeners, and we'll talk to you at some point coming up on next Sunday as the Bears take on the Green Bay Packers. Stay safe.